on this edition of the Daily Gator Daily Thought, the war on the Alamo and the evil, evil white men that defended it, apparently. In Chicago, well, more lack of any type of uh, crackdown on violent crime. They just keep letting thugs out of prison. How could an officer shoot someone in the back and still be justified? I'll tell you why. Remember yesterday, I talked about the Lee and Jackson statues in Charlottesville, Virginia, being ripped down by the cultural Stalinists. And I always say this. I always say it's going to happen and keep happening and happening to more different things. Well, 20 minutes after those statues started coming down, the city council was getting ready to take down another one. We're not going to believe who it is and the idiotic reason why they're taking it down. Another mass shooting has been stopped by citizens. These citizens uh, apparently were able to sneak up on the guy, hit him in the head, knock him out, hog tie him, and wait for the police arrive to arrive. And remember the Sutherland Springs Church shooting? One of the ones that was stopped by a good guy with, a, with an AR-15 in this case. But too many people died in that. And I remember I said at the time the Air Force was partly responsible because they didn't report this guy's felonies to the FBI. So the guy passed a background check. <laughs> Guess what uh, the Air Force has been? It's been ruled largely responsible for the Sutherland Springs shooting. They should have just asked me to begin with. All that and maybe a little bit more. You never know, my friends. Come on back. Let's kick this pig. And let's get right into this, kids. From Bearing Arms, Tom Knight writing uh, just, uh, just a couple days ago, three days ago, I believe it was. The Sutherland Springs shooting. Remember the mass shooting there? A psychopath with a with a AR-15 had been in the Air Force, had been dishonorably discharged for harming his his infant son. Now let's get past the the, the initial part. I wrote at the time on the Daily Gator two things: the Air Force was responsible because they didn't report it to the FBI, so the guy could still pass a background check, and he was dishonorably discharged, or should have been. And yes, even before that, when he harmed, pretty severely harmed his uh, infant son, I believe it was, his ass should have been in prison forever. Period. End of sentence. But of course, none of those things happened, and uh, a couple dozen people died before this... Uh, absolute piece of trash was gunned down, killed by a good guy, an ANRA firearms instructor, I believe, uh, who took his AR-15 and uh, mortally wounded this guy. There was a, a chase afterwards, but the, the guy died from his from an, a severe react, allergic reaction to lead fired from an AR-15, and the world became a better place immediately. But this tragedy could have been avoided. If the Air Force did what they were supposed to do, if the FBI had had the information, that background check would have led to this guy being arrested. 
unless he was in Chicago, who knows? They don't, they don't want to prosecute any thugs. Uh, but think of the carnage that did not happen or did happen that shouldn't have happened because too many people did not do their damn jobs. And 26 people died. 26 people died. And yeah, it still makes me angry. That carnage should have never happened. And here comes the left. They'll blame guns. They'll never blame the Air Force for not reporting the crime. They'll never blame the fact that he wasn't put in prison when he harmed his son. Severely. They won't mention it. They just want your guns taken away because you're the bad guy. Pretty pathetic, my friends. You see, when people just do their damn jobs, a lot of times bad things are are avoided. Now let's look at another idiot who, uh, well, he didn't fare very well. I guess this has to be called a mass shooting, even though, thank you, Lord above, no one was was hurt except for, for this turd. Uh, but from Fox News, Oregon authorities say a Portland shooting incident. Uh, and this real shocking thing, the, the shooting and the violence in Portland was not actually an anti Antifa thing. This was not some radical uh, bunch of trash in Antifa that, uh, again, nothing done about them. They should have been, the, the, the feds, whoever it took, should have get, gone in, taken them out, put their ass in backs of paggy, uh, paddy wagon, and uh, let's let judges sentence these, these pieces of trash. But again, this guy fired 29 bullets uh, at an apartment building before witnesses subdued and beat up the suspect, who was the only person injured. Well, if all mass shootings ended that way, God, what a blessing it would be. A neighbor snuck up, snuck up on the gunman and knocked him out before others helped tie him up, according to the Portland Police Bureau. Uh, the name of the, the suspect is Luke Stalrasic. Uh, allegedly fired more than two dozen rounds indiscriminately at an occupied apartment building in southwest Portland around, around 1 a.m. on June the 29th, according to the arrest affidavit. No one was hurt again except for this psychopath, and there's a picture of him on uh, Fox News. And, uh, yeah, he looks like he's been hit in the head a few times, frankly. Uh, after being woken up by a loud argument, a neighbor uh, went outside and saw the suspect with a handgun and a green laser. Uh, the suspect left but came back with an AR-15, which he is accused of firing at random toward a row of apartments. Dixon crept up and bashed the 140-pound suspect with a stick. Have you ever noticed a lot of these shooters are little bastards? I would call them squirrely looking. Looks like they're up to something. Little people can be mean. Uh, they then wrestled the gun away, uh, narrowly avoiding getting shot. Good for that. And pummeled the, the scumbag. Can we just call him scumbag? It's better. With his, with his fists until he was unconscious. 
Responding officers arrived outside the Stevens Creek Crossing Apartments in response to multiple 911 calls and found several people sound, uh, standing around the defendant who was hogtied and had been, well, he had had a mud hole stomped in his ass. And now he's uh, in, in jail and hopefully, uh, maybe, a, maybe a, as my granddad would have said, touched in the head, crazy as a loon. Crazy as a pet coon, nutty like the fruitcake. Do people still eat fruitcakes, by the way? Good God. What hideous things they were. I don't remember my grandma when I was little had a fruitcake. I think it was five or five, probably maybe six when I first saw this fruitcake. And she had the same damn fruitcake when I was like 14. And every once in a while, someone would take a small slice off of it. And... You know, when you're five, you hear cake. Yes. Whew, didn't want any part of that that son of a gun after uh, after I tasted it. Why do they call it fruit cake? Because only people are who are crazy will eat that stuff. I'm telling you, if food will last that long, my friends, whew, I don't know what to say. But I do know what to say about uh, this story. From the 19th Ward Chicago blog, specializes in police, Chicago, uh, a lot of police shootings, a lot of crime. And he, the, uh, the writer here points out a very simple fact that the left doesn't really fundamentally believe in. People have a right to defend themselves. And police, being people, actually have a right to defend themselves as well. And on the blog is written this. It's called the right to defend themselves. For those who are jumping up and down, complaining about police officers shooting a suspect in the back, this is what it looks like in a foot chase with an armed suspect. This is how the suspect gets shot in the back. Can you now... It's a picture, and it shows the police officer looks like his left hand with a firearm in it pointed at the back of the suspect. The suspect is wearing glasses, uh, like a brownish hat, some kind of coat, jacket, and in his right hand, he's running away. You see the side of his head turned. You can see his profile of his face. But in his right hand, aimed straight behind him, aimed at the officer, is... I would say a, a semi-automatic firearm. Can't get a good image, but you can tell it is a firearm or looks exactly like a firearm. So if the police officer doesn't shoot this man in the back, he would probably be dead right now, right? If that's an actual firearm. And a police officer can't be expected to to say, hold, is that real? And take the time to analyze it and think and maybe get me out a smartphone and, and Google images of uh, fake firearms. Anyway, the point is you can't tell if it's a real gun, toy gun, or a BB gun. Split second decision, a life or death decision. This is even with the added daylight. Police officers have every right to defend themselves, period. Don't resist. Listen closely. Don't resist. Don't run. Don't steal tasers. 
and don't fire them at pursuing officers. Amen. So go there to uh, 19th Ward, chicagoblogspot.com. And uh, from yesterday, it's called The Right to Defend Themselves. And uh, it's a very clear image of what an officer might be faced with. And that might be, it could be the suspect in this case looks like a, I don't know, a white guy in his 20s, maybe 30s. But it could be any color person. It could be really any age. And they're pointing a firearm at an officer who's chasing them. They're running from them. Police officer has every right to shoot them. And any any injury or death that would occur to the suspect is whose fault, my friends? The suspect. Now, it's interesting this officer is chasing this, this white man in this picture. Huh. Let me think about this for a second. If this happens... Again, the color of the suspect would not matter. The color of the police officer wouldn't matter. Whether the firearm is real or not wouldn't matter. Nothing would matter. The fact that a social worker there who's in pretty good shape, who's running alongside the officer, trying to give a therapy session, as the left would have, have them do, nothing matters. The fact is officers have to make these decisions, my friends. And this post is explaining Here's a scenario. Look at the picture in the post. What would you do if you're a cop? If you want to go home to your family or to your dog or even to your cat, if you're one of the sick people that has a cat. I'm kidding. Cats are cool. Just not as cool as dogs. Then you might have to use deadly force. Think, my friends, think. Very, very good post. And uh, this is what all the Black Lives Matter, matter. not the leadership. They're, they're Marxist trash who's trying to pad their own pockets and buy real estate. We know what they are. They're agitators. But the people marching, they ought to be given training courses in the use of firearm situations police officers find themselves in. And they should have to decide what to do. It would, it would help immensely. It would certainly help more than telling every young black person to scare the hell of them for some reason. That, you know, you're black and you're probably going to get shot if a police officer pulls you over, so you better do this and this and this. Telling your, your newly driving child or nephew or grandson or granddaughter, whatever, no matter the race, is how to act if they get pulled over is smart. You should tell them have everything you need Easy reach, so when the officer comes to your your car door, you can just have your insurance, your registration, your license, whatever it is you need, right there. And be respectful. Just talk to the officer like they're a human being. Don't resist. Don't try to jump out of the car and run. If they ask you to show your hands, show your damn hands. Because they're not psychic. They don't know what you got. If if every black American told their children that. And they it was followed. There would be no police shootings. <clears throat> but of course the left doesn't want you to understand that. Even though police shootings are extremely, extremely, extremely rare. Even, above, even among black communities. 
and they don't want you to know that either, my friends. But be respectful to the officers, people. Seriously. And let's go back to Chicago for a minute. Uh, from CWBChicago.com. The headline is very telling. Four men, four guns, a 50-round ammo magazine, but only one felony charge from prosecutors. <laughs> That's Chicago. And here is the story. <clears throat> Chicago police seized four weapons, a 50-round ammunition magazine, after officers saw four men openly displaying guns amidst a large gathering outside a near West Side housing complex early Saturday. So they arrested these four people, all had guns, illegal guns, probably stolen, bought on the black market, whatever. So now the police have done their work. They've done their job. They get four men who are suspects. They need their due process, obviously, but we've gotten four likely illegal weapons off the streets. So there comes the prosecutors. Their job is to what? Charge them, try them, convict them, put their asses in prison. But prosecutors did not do that exactly. They only approved felony charges against one of the accused men. Maybe the, the other three cops a plea. I don't know. And how do you know they're not lying? Maybe they're all as bad as the guy who got charged. But anyway, that's what a lot of prosecutors do. So three thugs go free to get one, I guess. All the others were charged with misdemeanor, unlawful use of a weapon. Uh, they were released on recognizance bonds. In other words, no money. Just go out there and come back, and I'm sure they will. Uh, if they are, are gangbangers or gang members or just common thugs, they won't show back up. But hell, maybe they should. They might even go to prison. I mean, really, this is just misdemeanor, unlawful, useful weapon. So 75% of the bad guys they, the police busted are going to basically walk. The decision to only pursue misdemeanor, uh, misdemeanors, excuse me, against men accused of openly displaying guns during a late-night gathering on the 4th of July weekend may reflect new priorities in the office of Cook County State Attorney Kim Fox. You may remember her from the Jesse Smollett fiasco. And she just doesn't like to... just doesn't like to, to convict felons, I guess. She says she wants guns off the street. She's a DA, so she ought to hate crime, but apparently eh, it's too hard. And what was recovered? It looks like a couple semi-automatic pistols. One is a, a Glock. Uh, the other I can't really tell. And then there's a uh, a revolver. There's a 50-round magazine. It looks like another magazine for maybe a uh, I can't tell what that is either. It's a poor picture. Uh, looks in a way like a shotgun, and it might be a magazine for the shotgun right below it because they're they're put together there with some uh, some type of straps of some sort. And then there is 
another magazine for one of the semi-automatics. So anyway, I don't know what happened, but you have to convict people caught with illegal firearms. And this has to be proved, obviously. We want, we want due process protected. But when you're turning out people like this with basically no bail, just okay, go and come back and, and uh, you can, you're charged with a misdemeanor. I mean, good Lord. You got to be a little tougher on crime than that. Yes, you have to prove the crime. But then you have to punish the people who are violent. Violent felons are the, should be the priority. If there's jail space issues, you know, turned out the guy who shoplifted. Turn out the guy who hotwired a, a Chevy, if you can even hotwire a Chevy anymore. <clears throat> the, the petty thief, let them out. Don't let the violent people out. For God's sakes, it's not that hard. Now, more I think you need to hear. Last month, Fox's top data officer held a training session for Chicago journalists in which he said CPD was not, quote, arresting the right people for illegal gun possession in the city. A lot of people whose first arrests are for gun possession will forever be marked as a felon and end up with different life choices as a result of this. Yes. Guess what? You need to tell people. When, when you get caught with a legal gun, there's going to be some serious consequences. Then it's up to them as a grown-ass human being or close enough to a grown-ass human being to listen and go, you know what? I'm not going to carry illegal guns around. I'm not going to be a thug. I'm not going to be a gangbanger. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, and and it's, it'd be uh, interesting to follow this out and to see... Uh, see exactly uh, what happens with this, uh, my friends. It would be very interesting indeed. But, of course, we, we probably won't. This probably won't do that. And now, we've also got a story that, uh, well, somebody just closed the tab to. I'm not going to name myself, but I might have done it about uh, basically declaring war on the Alamo because the Alamo, bad. The people who fought at the Alamo, bad. Uh, again, one of the most moving, heroic stories in American history is, is concerning the Alamo. And it's very sad that uh, we, we have to continually see this that uh, school districts, certain teachers, they want to take the Alamo and take that story away uh, from America. And this is on the Federalist while I scroll back and find it. Kevin D. Roberts writing just uh, two days ago at the Federalist, phenomenal for opinion, political opinion. Go to the Federalist. Good stuff. The culture wars are alive and well deep in the heart of Texas. He writes, the latest battle, which flared up last week, involves the recently published and controversial book entitled Forget the Alamo. 
All the left would love to forget all that stuff. The book received fanfare, fanfare from uh, the expected uh, left of center outlets. But the State History Museum's Preservation Board canceled a promotional event due to what board members and Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick called a fact-free rewriting of Texas history. And Dan Patrick's right about that. Lost any back and forth about the events is the fact that the book is atrocious history. Atrocious is a very good word. Perhaps its most lasting contribution is showing just how far the revisionists of Texas, uh, Texan and American stories will go and just how politicized uh, they have made the study of history. Oh, isn't that true? It's been true for a while. Uh, it's been true about the war between the states for a long time. Uh, but it's, it's, as I predicted over 20 years ago, this is going to eventually lead to other things in all of American history and culture. And again, you could see it coming. All you had to do was open your eyes because you have to understand the left. They never stop. They never stop. They never stop. Uh, Forget the Alamo is a historical scarecrow. Unfortunately, that's not what Brian Burrow Chris Tomlinson and Jason Stanford do in Forget the Alamo, far more of an anti-Texas polemic than a serious history book. It is, as a book, utterly disappointing. The key reason is the presence of dozens of straw man arguments. The primary example reduces anyone who supports the popular understanding of what occurred at the Alamo to a of course, white supremacist. Consequently, among with the among with the gall to question their work, like uh, Dan Patrick did last week, is an Alamo head, an Alamo head. That's a new one for the left, or Bible thumper, who clings to what the authors call the heroic Anglo narrative. See. If white people do good things and you talk about it in history, it's bad to the left because white is bad. Have you not figured this out yet? White people are just bad. Everything you do is bad, 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 bad. But that's not racism. Of course, that's just being woke. <clears throat> Burroughs leaves no room for someone to reject both the extremes of the early 20th century Texas jingoists and their own even more baseless analysis. In that light, perhaps the author's recently canceled book event, loftily entitled The Craft of Writing, should be rescheduled with a new title, The Craft of Writing Straw Men. Apparently their kind of work passes muster now as a serious historical inquiry, provided the straw men are involved. In the author's words, older conservative whites who vote the Republican primary See, basically, he's a bigot writing a book, and he wants his talk to school kids, and he's upset and butthurt that someone would say, no, you really shouldn't be teaching the kids. You can write your book. You can write whatever the hell you want, First Amendment, but we're not going to teach that garbage to our kids. I would agree. I would agree, my friends. And here's a, just a little more from this story.
Now we can look at just a, a bit more, like I said, from this piece on the Federalist. The authors of this book, <clears throat> they overstate, according to this this uh, columnist. I haven't I haven't read this book, so I can't honestly say, but I know how the left operates. Uh, the authors overstate the importance of slavery to previous generations of Texas. Yes, slavery was a part of Texan history. And crucially, so in eastern and southeastern Texas, but that has been acknowledged among historians for many decades. The authors, however, emphasize this non-controversy so that they can erect their straw man. Here it comes. Anyone who sustains the history of the Alamo must... In other words, if you say they were heroes, they were heroic, they were vastly outnumbered, they fought like hell, and they helped inspire Texan forces to, uh, shortly after the Alamo, to win a decisive victory over the Mexican army in early March, and that became Texas, Texas Independence Day, that, that's still celebrated in Texas, and Texas won their independence. But they painted as if every Texan was all involved in slavery, was fighting only for slavery. There were no other issues, and thus they were evil. Thus Texas is evil. Thus evil, evil, evil white men are all bad. Oh, what it's like they've done to another war I can name happening in the 1860s. Yeah, a lot of straw men out there in history. The left has always done this. So anyone who, who supports the teaching of the history of the Alamo must therefore be a defender of slavery and a white supremacist. This is as preposterous as concluding that every single Texan, including the heroic defenders of the Alamo, were there due to slavery. But that fallacy of presentism lives loudly in forget the Alamo, the authors would have us believe we can't accept both is true. Slavery was evil, and that Texas, like America, was founded on noble ideas and ideals. To say nothing, by the way, of those very ideals being the foundation for all the social progress made since the 1800s. That's important. America, Texas, They've all moved forward. Again, America, the unique thing about America aren't just the principles that the founders laid out in the Constitution and the rest of the founding documents. We've lived up to it. Where we fell short, we've corrected those things throughout history. Women's suffrage has been corrected. Slavery, all the segregation-type laws, so many things have been corrected. Doesn't mean we don't teach that those things existed or happened, but it does mean that we need to acknowledge that progress, immense progress has been made. And America is nothing like the country it was in the late eight, uh, 18th or early 19th century, late 18th century. We're nothing like it because we have increasingly lived up to those principles. And it's the principles, ultimately, the left wants to destroy. They don't believe in the principles that founded America. They believe in Marxism, despite some form of Marxism. That's the common thread with the left today.
You should go read the whole thing. Again, this is just left-wing historical crap that unfortunately is being shoved down the throats of students, uh, probably starting in kindergarten now in some places. Uh, but this is on the Federalist. Uh, look up Kevin D. Roberts. I'm sure they have a, uh, a nice compilation of his articles, his columns. And go read it, my friends. Pass it around. And if you do live in the state of Texas, get on board and fight like hell to keep the Alamo history, the actual history of the Alamo. The left loves to do that. They'll take something on the Alamo, then they try have to try to dissect it and inject this here and that there and change the narrative and make sure that anybody who has any traditional uh, historical significance Basically, the hero, the people of the Alamo, the defenders, are, are heroes to Texans and to America, by extension. The left can't stand that. They've got to change it. Why are they tearing down all the monuments? If you notice, it's to anyone who's iconically American. doesn't matter if the, uh, a monument to Lincoln, uh, Frederick Douglass, George Washington, any of the founders, any Confederate leaders, even common soldiers who were just farm boys fighting to defend their, their hearth and home. Overwhelmingly, that's what Confederate soldiers believed. Even Union soldiers, Grant, Sherman, does the 54th Massachusetts, who were free black men fighting for the Union, on the northern side, obviously. None of those people can, can pass the test the left is giving because they want to erase everything. I'm going to point this out in the last story today, which is up next. It's all about canceling. Stalin, my friends, listen closely. Stalin loved to do what? He's famous for this. You'd have a picture with him and three other, like Trotsky and other uh, high-level Soviets, high-level communists. And then a couple of years later, Stalin will have a falling out with someone. They'll be maybe liquidated. 86th in a bad way. And then the picture would be airbrushed, and there were only three people. There's a famous picture of everyone here that's in the picture. A later version shows the, I believe it's four people, but the fifth person, Trotsky, is missing, but his shoes are still there. That's a very famous image. That's what the left does. It's why cancel culture is such an apt. Uh, apt description of it that's why cultural stalinism that's why i say cultural stalinism because of stalin's penchant for erasing things that happened those facts those stories that data just disappeared so it never existed and of course millions and millions and millions and millions of russians also disappeared under stalin didn't they <clears throat> now Yesterday, I wrote and actually spoke on this uh, this podcast uh, about the left in Charlottesville, Virginia, taking down statues of General Stonewall Jackson and General Robert E. Lee. I explained why those men should not have their statues taken down. I wrote about their, I spoke about their character. And I 
thought it important to include those facts. Well, like I say, I always make a point of saying this isn't going to stop. They're just going to move to a new target. You can't appease them. This is like feeding a, a rabid beast that that the food just goes right through. You can't feed it enough. It grows and grows, but it's always hungry, always hungry. And I just put this up this morning because one of the first headlines I saw <laughs> was from Charlottesville, Virginia. And and the statues, basically 20 minutes after Lee and Jackson had been erased, the city council in Charlottesville, Virginia, did this. As I wrote today, yesterday the Wokers were so pleased with themselves, taking down statues of Lee and Jackson. Then they focused on, guess, can you guess? Legendary. Think Louisiana Purchase. Apparently, explorers are now on the cancel culture list because Lewis Clark and Sacagawea, who was an American Indian, by the way, because everything must be canceled. The city of Charlottesville, Virginia, followed up its removal of two controversial Confederate statues Saturday with the lightning fast toppling of a third local landmark. A monumental tribute to explorers Meriwether Lewis, William Clark, and Sacagawea. In an emergency meeting, so get this, the city council on a Saturday has to have a, an emergency meeting. What's the emergency? It's it's uh, armed invasion somewhere. It's some incredible tornado bearing down on Charlottesville. Some natural disaster. Some uh, chemical spill, and they have to evacuate people from the city. No, no, no. The emergency was well, to take down this this other monument because again, it's for iconic Americans, and those just can't can't stand so with 20 minutes notice the charlottesville city council voted unanimously to cancel another piece of public art why would they cancel this public art well it's been targeted by left-wing activists Oh, is there a more foul beast walking walking around today than the, the than the damned activists? Absolute boils on the ass of society. That's just my opinion. I feel <clears throat> I feel that it should be just be melted down. Those are words from Rose and Abramson. She is a descendant of Sacagawea, said during the council meeting. The Daily Progress reported, uh, she also said, I feel, again, I feel, I feel, I feel, because you can't think. I feel that it's entirely offensive and it should be obliterated. Huh. So it's offensive, Why? Louisiana Purchase is a, a massive event in the history of America. That was preceded by Lewis Clark and their guide, Sacagawea, 
going and venturing all the way up in the northwest direction or much much of the west all the way to the pacific ocean i believe that it was the coast of oregon they ended up at incredible journey one of the most epic adventures in american history one of the most important stories where we got what a third of our country basically land wise so we can't have a a monument that that shows that one of the people uh who went there who took that journey was from the county that charlottesville virginia is located in can't do it it's offensive to this person who claims to be a Sacagawea descendant. Let me tell you what. Sacagawea would probably spit in your face if she was here today. Because this is a this is American Indian history too. But I guess that has to go too. Then I finished by writing this. Well, history is not good for anything to the left, it seems. Nothing at all. I mean, American history is like so American and America is bad. And every historical figure is therefore bad. And our leaders on city councils, county commissions and state legislatures apparently love licking the boots of these cultural Stalinists. Note in the story that the city council made zero effort had an emergency meeting, emergency call to a meeting, 20 minutes. So when did they give people, the residents of this city, the people who voted them into office, the people who their asses work for, when did they give them an opportunity to speak? They didn't. They took advantage and basically pushed this through and rammed it down the throat of every person in Charlottesville, Virginia. No debate, no discussion, no historians allowed us to nothing. We're just going to do this. Those are the last people who ought to be in power, my friends. They made, as I wrote yesterday, zero effort to have residents give their opinions. This should lead to every one of these miscreants being voted out next election. That would be justice. But will it? Yeah, I don't think so either. People get caught up in their own lives. They get lazy. They get complacent. It, it goes out of their mind. And basically, they don't get angry enough at things like this. <clears throat> think about it this way. If you actually supported taking down the, the Lewis and Clark and Sacagawea uh, monument, statue, it offended you or thought it did what didn't belong, whatever, whatever your opinion would be, wouldn't you be angry that the city council gave no one any voice? They just put themselves in a position of complete and total power and screw the people they work for. Screw the people that put them into power. Screw the people that voted for them. A bunch of social justice warriors. How many times do they have to prove to you that they don't give a rat's you know what about you or your liberty or your rights? Anything else. They only care about doing what they want and you can just shut up and take it. That's your thinks from them, these little would-be tyrant status bastards. That's their thanks to you for voting them into their little bit of power. And some people just uh, are not fit 
to have any power, my friends. And I hope the people of that city get angry as hell. And I hope they're absolutely, whenever the next election is, gone. You're gone. You're gone. You're gone. You're gone. Period. That's what has to happen to politicians. They respond to council culture. They respond because they're ideologically aligned with these loons on the left, or they do so because they're afraid of being canceled, being protested, afraid of, of marches. Maybe they're afraid their city will have to burn because of the Antifa trash and other mostly peaceful protesters. Maybe they're afraid of a lot of things, but they can also learn to be afraid of the vote, the voters who won't take their you-know-what anymore. And that, my friends, is it for me. Thank you for listening. I do appreciate it. I apologize for... Uh, I tried to go back and correct the, the noise, the pop-up window that was loud as heck when I was doing my podcast yesterday. I couldn't get rid of it. Um, <clears throat> I had to leave. I went ahead and published it and meant to come home and, and re-record that last part. But uh, one of the bad things about Anchor, it's so easy, but I could not find a way, maybe there is, that you can um, re-record something. I couldn't find a way. So anyway, uh, I'll look at that later. And I didn't want to take the whole 20 or 25 minutes, whatever it was, out and then try to re-record it exactly as I had earlier. Uh, Because a lot of times that doesn't work well when I try to do that. But anyway, I apologize for that. I will do better next time. I will become smarter. Uh, I think Anchor is a tremendous site. That's why they pay me a million dollars per episode. I wish. I'm probably probably worth that at least. I mean, let's face it. If Geraldo Rivera somewhere making money, the mustachioed douchebag, good Lord. Who likes Geraldo? Seriously, who likes this clown? Anyway, that's it for me. Thank you for listening. Uh, Morning, noon, or night, whenever you listen, I do appreciate it. Remember the three golden rules of life, my friend. That's right. Thank you, God, for everything we have. God, please continue to bless America. And God, please give us the strength to get rid of those who are trying to destroy it. Thank you, Lord, for that. That's my prayer. I'm not an overly prayerful person, but uh, anyway, thank you, Lord. And folks, take our liberty seriously because it will be gone if this continues. Understand, every brick taken out is a brick closer to the destruction of the foundation and ultimately the entire country. Remember that. But thank you for listening again. The three golden rules of life. Seriously, this time, God bless America. If you're left, you clearly ain't right. And go Gators. Now, if you want to contribute to my blog, thedailygator.com, the one I do with the great Ed Daly, who lives in Maine and freezes his butt off in the winter. Beautiful place, Maine, but not in the winter. But thank you for that. You can go to thedailygator.com, hit the first post, hit the buy now button. It's a link to my PayPal account and give a one-time contribution. 
whatever you feel like giving or can give. Thank you so much for it. If you want to contribute monthly, be a subscriber to the Daily Gator Daily Thought Podcast. This is the 80th episode here you're listening to, by the way. Thank you. If you want to do that, you can do it on the Anchor site. Anchor.DougHagan, I believe, is the site, but Inner Anchor, Doug Hagen Podcast, you'll find it. Or the Daily Daily Gator Daily Thought Podcast. And you can do that on Anchor. Uh, and this podcast is also on Spotify. It's on uh, Google Podcasts and uh, a few others that I can't think of right now. About six or seven that it's distributed to automatically. And I'm thinking about uh, whether I, I, I can or should uh, re-up to Buzzsprout and, 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 uh, uh, have my podcast put out there too. Uh, but anyway, there may be some more financial issues. I've got an AC that is getting close to the end of those aren't cheap, but thank you for everything. My friends, I do appreciate you. Thank you very much. God bless you. Take care. Keep fighting. My friends, if you're not fighting yet, start Get mad as hell and don't take it anymore. And if you are fighting, don't get discouraged. I'm right there with you. And other people are right there with you too. Don't lose hope. America deserves our best. And let's keep it America. God bless you. Thank you. Have a great rest of your Sunday. I'll be back next uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, depending on the voice, how the pipes feel. God bless you, my friends. Take care. Go out and have some fun, kids. Piss off a leftist. That's a lot of fun. It's one of my favorite activities. Take care.